Guys, uh, very excited to have you on this show and this very special guest today on as well. Today we have Abel Pacheco, who is also known as a president, as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had this conversation before. It's uh, the surname thing, but it, it's very awesome. Yeah, so, former, former president of Costa Rica, Mr. Abel Pacheco. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I'm grateful, you know. He's a, he's a real estate investor since 2008. So again, as, as we spoke, tough time to get into real estate. Pass, uh, passively invested in, into 465 doors. GP active in another 402 doors, currently developing 156 doors from the ground up. So basically, I'm just looking at the bio. It took you 10 years to acquire eight <laughs> single family properties. It took two years to get two multifamilies going, uh, and he attributes his success to education, coaching, mentors, taking massive action, which is, you didn't, you didn't miss that part. You didn't miss that part, <laughs> most of the people do. He yeah. raised $2 million this year on three capital raisers. So he just left his full-time job, he W2, uh, and he has more time to do the podcast, just like this one. So again, super grateful to have you on, Abel, and I'm just very happy to 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 have you and just talk some real estate, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Martinez, for having having me on. You know, it's a, a pleasure. Uh, I know it takes a lot of time, effort, and energy to run the podcast and no, man, it's it's provide it's cool. the platform. Be, you know, I think hard. education for everyone, man, to do it with the way on your level, that's awesome. You're giving back and and. Uh, improving fun, the man. I, I love it i love me, meeting you know people just like yourself because again i love the stories and at the same time i just want to see people what it takes to build this type of business or just you know invest like passively because what i said like from my perspective i think it's nothing wrong with being passive investor in the deals because yesterday yeah. we just had an interview with uh, you can guys go and check it out the previous interview with travis watts he's the uh he's the in charge of a uh, relations, uh, investor relations guy, and he works with this huge company, $900 million currently under management. So they, they're looking to close 1 billion this year. So big company. And he, all he did investing passively. So, yeah. you know, and he's very happy. He lives a good life. He doesn't have to care about, you know, so what I'm saying, passive investing is good. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we can, can come back to, to your topic and maybe we can give people a bit of your background, how you were able to leave the double two, two job and how did you get involved in the real estate in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. I can start there. Uh, so, um, Abel Pacheco, again, thanks for having me on the show. I'm the president of five talents, wealth, uh, investment firm, small, you know, local firm here. And, uh, I started investing in real estate, like you said, 2008 and really the way I did it, uh, you know, my intent was always to be a passive investor. Uh, I wanted to have a cash flow stream, something where I, if I stopped working, that I was going to have some some passive cash flow coming in. Um, so the the original goal was, you know, let's just get some rental properties. And the easiest way in my head was to do that was to, you know, purchase a hundred, hundred twenty five, hundred fifty thousand dollars single family property, uh, three bedroom, two bath, try to make them the same as much as possible and then uh, squirrel away, you know, 25 grand, 20K, you know, 20% uh, or 20, 20K down, 5K closing. And then, you know, the mortgage is eight, 900 bucks, 700 bucks, whatever it was. And then you're trying to cash flow a few hundred bucks. So I said, well, if I do that enough times, every deal is gonna bring me an extra three grand, four grand a year. So 
if I can get enough of those rolling, that's at least going to supplement uh, my retirement, uh, you know, at that time when it, when it came. And then I go, well, shoot, I'm going to leverage time, other people's time, other people's money, my renters, mm -hmm. we're going to pay this off. And 30 years from now, I'll have eight or 10 or 15 paid off houses. That was the original goal, right? So um, I, I realized, so it took me from 2008 to 2018, uh, was able to acquire eight doors. <clears throat> so that was my portfolio. And I go, man, this is, it's not passive. <laughs> There's a lot of work that needed to be done at eight. And I was managing the properties uh, myself. It wasn't too hard. Like at Some job, you know, yeah. two deals, three deals, not a big deal. Four five, six became a little bit of work. And I've been full-time all the way through. I've, I've had a, a successful career in a professional IT sales. Um, so uh, I can talk about that in a little bit, but you know, really that was the original goal and it just, it wasn't working. It wasn't fast enough. Uh, it was more active than I thought. It was getting harder for me to buy deals. Uh, the way I was doing it, I was using my own money. Uh, I wasn't raising capital or doing anything like that. So I was like, well, every time I bought another one, uh, I was getting closer to my 10 deals max. And then they wanted, you know, 20% down and six months reserves on every single single family property. So you, when you, you add you all that stuff up, it was Fannie Mae financing? Uh, yeah, like traditional, you know, 30-year fixed rate lo loans, you know, is what I, I did. And then, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, there's got to be a better way, right? And I knew a few people locally, buddies and mentors and, you know, coaches, things like that. They, they're my mentors and coaches now, but at the time they're just, you know, hey, I know what you're doing. How the hell are you buying 50 houses in a year? How are you doing a hundred unit apartment complexes, what's going on? What am I missing, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I signed up for some coaching, education. I, I don't know if, uh, you know, my sister drugged me to a real estate event, actually. And she was like, I paid for the money. I paid for the ticket. It's free. Just come with me for the weekend. And I go, okay, cool. I'm in. And at the end of the three days, I'm like writing a check for 20 grand. And <laughs> so I'm signing up for, for uh, education. But that, that entry point was like, man, it was mind-blowing. I didn't know there was things like hard money loans. I didn't know there was raising capital. I didn't know you could do syndication. Different world. Know, Different world, yeah. You know, like everything opens up. And then, you know, once you get the knowledge, the education, which is why I think, your, you know, things like your podcast are so valuable is because you open Thanks. up ideas for other people to take advantage of. And then if you're not in a scarcity mindset, everyone else can win there's plenty of deals and opportunities for all of us so it's like okay i got that knowledge and then you know i i have uh, an uh, a buddy of mine that again is my mentor and coach now and then he you know was already on deal six or seven multifamily, 100 unit plus deals you know very much rolling raising capital and i go man um, i'd love to you know to to get mentored by you to co get coached how do I do what you're doing? And, and he goes, man, honestly, I don't have any time. I'm super busy. I, I don't, I'm not a mentor or coach. And I was like, I was deflated. Ugh. And he goes, but if you invest in a deal passively, you're an owner. You can ask me any question you like, because dude, you're an owner. Yeah. And I go, well, okay, cool. What's the minimum 50 K. And I was like, Oh no, here's another hurdle. 50 K. I don't. And he goes, well, did you, did you know you can invest with your IRA? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a 401k. I left that the first, corporate job that I left after 10 years um, at a company called Rackspace, pretty big IT hosting company, but uh, put, you know, moved my 401k, moved it to an IRA, did a self-directed, put 50K in his deal. 
um, which is not my deal, right? And I'm benefit of my resume experience getting up there. But I was like, man, that was easier than I thought. It didn't feel any different from my checkbook because it was my IRA money. My 401k, I never had access to it anyways. And then, you know, I, I took the opportunity to ask questions, learn through the process. I signed up for this education course. I was taking my classes. And then, you know, two years go by, two years of education, coursework and knowledge. I signed up for like two or three other courses or packages. It's like $60,000 later and 200 plus hours of education and knowledge. You're like, oh, I think I know what's going on. I think I've heard this same story enough. Yeah. 100 plus units, syndication, passive deal. You raise capital. You know, here's the tax benefit. Here's the, the difference of stock market versus that. And I see the tax return difference on my, on my you know, avoiding my W-2 taxes mm-hmm. from being a passive investor. You get K-1 you know, uh, paper losses, cost segregation study, and I can dig in all this stuff, you know, if we want to dig deeper, but it's like, man, all of those things I didn't get in my 401k. I didn't get through my stock market uh, investment. I didn't create passive cash flow through my W2 job. Uh, when the moment I stopped working and stopped coming in, but as a passive investor, so many benefits. And that, that kind of was my entry point to my second passive deal, third passive deal, 400 doors. And, you know, I can, we can uh, dig deeper on any of that stuff, but let me pause for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is awesome. That is a great story. Like I came across countless, you know, currently active syndicators that learn syndication exactly the same, the way you did by investing passively in some other people deals. So again, that's the answer for you guys, for, for the ones who are watching and thinking like, Oh, like, I just want to jump in syndication and, you know, yeah. the fees, man, yeah. the fees, the 5%, 4% is like, I, I know, like, it, it's money, like, but we just finished off the previous interview, like, a couple hours ago, and the guy said very simple, it, there is a specific way you should put, like, real estate is the last one, he said, the the, the people is the second one, so, you, you, you know, so, again, there is a, because people put, like, money first, it's like, it's the money, man, and then the last ones are, are investors, <laughs> So there's, again, if you want yeah. to learn the business, what I'm trying to say, like the best way is to get close to the deals and that's by investing passively. So you, you, you did a great job by, by doing yeah. that. So for the people, maybe you can give advice for the people who are watching yeah. currently right now. And from, a, from an active standpoint and from the passive standpoint, what type of advice would you give people when they're starting out and where they, when they're looking to invest? There's a, uh, there's a process um, that I learned uh, from one of the coaches that I hired and, and it's like, it's called the ODA loop model, O-O-D-A. And the reason I think we're able to take so much action is because there's an actual process to this. And, you know, it's, it's like fear, obstacles, your fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of losing money, all the fears, all the worries, all the anxieties that I think keep a lot of people from moving forward, you know, it's all wrapped up. And if you can break it down and look at it logically, it allows you to make more uh, calculated risk, take good decisions based on data, logic, and then move forward. And so for us, that's basically uh, the O.Lu model. So it breaks down an O. First is know that 100% of the people like observe what's going on or everybody that can see, uh, observes the process. People invest, people make money. I get it. They're buying real estate. 
well, there's only like 75-ish percent, whatever the percentage is, lower, percentage of people that can orient themselves or process what's happening. They buy at this percentage, they're making this percentage of return. I understand how it works. So more than just see it, now I can process it. And then only like 25% of the people can actually make a decision. You know what? That's a great model. I see that it's going to benefit me. I'm going to have passive cash flow, good tax return. I'm going to make more return than I would in the stock market. And, uh, you know, it's passive for me. I'm going to do that. 25% of the people. But what gets, what happens is that you get stuck in that decision process because only three or 4% of the people take action. You've already made the decision. Why don't people act? Man, there's that fear. There's that barrier. There's the worry. What, Whatever it is they're trying to overcome, most people don't act. And if you arm yourselves with education and invest in yourself, because no matter what happens to the deals, no matter what happens to the stock market, no matter what happens, you know, all this craziness that's going on today, interest rates lower, coronavirus, all this stuff, right? One thing that no one's ever going to take from you is your education. If you invest in yourself, you're never going to go the best return possible because you can go apply that to the next deal, the next year, the next three years, the next five years. And so you invest in yourself and then now you're like, okay, you see the deal, you can analyze it, you realize there's a good opportunity. You can look at the data. And I, I tell my, my passive investors that invest with me now, because now we're raising capital. Uh, they've seen me do it so many times and they, you know, I didn't ask anybody for money. People started asking me, how are you getting into all these deals? Like, what the heck is, what are you doing? How did you leave your W2 job? And I tell them what I did and now they're wanting to invest with me. But I tell them, you need to look at the, look at the market that they're investing in, investing in, look at the deal and look at the operators, the team that's running it. And if you feel comfortable with those three main things, the market being most important, uh, jobs are coming in, population growth coming in, that part of it. Mm -hmm. And you like the business plan and you know, like, and trust the team, they got good track record, then you've done your due diligence as a passive investor. The hardest part is moving forward, taking action. And so it's the ODA loop model again and again and again, every single time. Observe, orient, process, you decide, you gotta act. You gotta go, otherwise it never happens. What do you, what do you think, what, what will make the rest of the 20, 22% because it went from 27 to 3% or 25 yeah. to whatever. Yeah. The, the, like, the, you know, a quarter crazy, and then you're like, well, 3%, what the heck happened? Crazy stats, but what, what do you think, uh, you know, what will help those, the rest of the people that didn't invest it? I mean, they, they were fairly committed, like half, half, you know, they're like, oh, I know it's good. It's going to work. It's going to benefit my family, the tax return but like they didn't pull the trigger. So what, what do you think what's missing? Like, is it the education? Like for those people, most of the time, what objections like you getting from those type of people who don't invest? So, so typically I never really hear the objection. I just realize there's more people don't move forward. And okay. so I'm like, I, I never try to sell somebody on it. I'm just presenting a really good opportunity. And I'm, I'm very sincere and passionate about, man, this is the way I did it. And, you know, I think it's the bee's knees, right? This is, <laughs> I left my job. So um, really, I, I think it's, for the most part, it's their lack of education or knowledge in the subject. When I don't have mastery, when I, when I lack competence, I lack confidence. 
And if you're confident in the subject, you're going to be way more confident. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be this, you know, crazy decision on this large amount of money. You, you got to practice sometimes. I think one of the things that's helped me was in 2008, I bought a house, you know, it's a single family house. It wasn't a $15 million deal. It wasn't 200 units. It was like one house. And it, it was a, it was practice for me to say, Oh, I got to go do this deal. Sign these hundred page documents, you know, have my wife there and we're just like, Oh man, this is all the money we extra money we had. Well, that was practice. And we did that deal. And I did a, and in between, that was funny enough. Um, I'm a big, I used to be a big Craigslist guy. Now I look at real estate, but I bought like 10 or 12 cars off of Craigslist, uh, in about a year and a half period. But I would look at cars and I would say, Oh, that's a good truck for three grand, you know, a little small old 10 year old Dakota. And I'd buy it for three K and I'd buy it. I'd use pictures, put it on Craigslist and I'd put it online for 4,500. But it was like practice for me to spend three grand realized it was a good investment and it was like this ODA loop model I just practiced again and again I didn't realize I was doing it over the years but I could make a decision on three and sell something for 45 make my profit and I'd go buy a $4,500 car sell it for six I did that like 12 times until I had this really nice truck success you know paid for itself and then I sold this it was a beautiful I had this 72 Chevrolet K5 Blazer. Uh, it, it, if you're like a classic guy, it's one of those ones without the hard top and it's like completely convertible truck lifted. My, my friends know they're like, dude, you sold that truck. Well, I did. I, I it was beautiful. It's gorgeous inside engine, all this stuff. Done. I ended up selling that truck and put the money down and bought another house. <laughs> so it was like, okay, those, pra- it was like small practice to, to make a decision, overcome fear, overcome the obstacles and objections and realize, man, if you don't make a decision for yourself, like no one's going to do this for you. Government's not going to take care of you. Your family's not going to take care of you. Like they're going to need your assistance or my family anyways. Like I think of like, shoot, my, my mom and dad are, you know, God bless them. They're like in their 65, 70 and they're still working. And I don't know if they have retirement inside and I'm like, oh, that is a motivation for me to say, I've got to do something. I want to help them, you know, and, and how do I do that? That's motivation for me to say, man, that's why I'm, I'm unhappy. I'm not with the situation. I got to go make this happen. That, that's a big why to have. I mean, when, when, it, when we start talking about the family and I know in the world of the, like the, the part of the world that you coming from family is a big thing, right? Absolutely. So, you, you know, like when you come back to that, it's going to drive you a long way. Because business yeah. is a long, business is a marathon, it's not a sprint. So you, you need yeah. something deep inside you to drive to go long distances. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I have my wife, yeah. I have a couple of kids, uh, love my beautiful wife. She supports me through all this. And then, you know, the, the two little ones, I'm like, that's motivation. How do I figure out how to get more hours of the day with them and make money to pay for everything we need, right? So that was, that's a lot of motivation. Awesome. Again, you mentioned the objections, you know, because when I brought it up, you said you kind of people don't make an objections about, you know, investing passively. Well, mm-hmm. let me bring up one objection, if you don't mind. That will be, yeah. again, because uh, when you're raising capital from uh, sophisticated kind of people, high net worth individuals, accredited investors, the few few names, you know, for them, 
basically people who are most of the time they're business owners right and like looking where we are like in the market currently i mean you yeah. know when it comes to investing or just economics like everybody's saying like real estate is on top like the market is gonna tank like everybody's worrying about the crisis coming up and like people are fearful a little bit so could that be an issue when it comes to the raising capital again it's easier to find equity and the deal flow is maybe it's not there so the money is there but do you get people coming in and say like, whoa, I, I don't know. I like, I'm not sure because there is recession coming up. So maybe I sh just should just stack it and put it away. Like, it, you know what I'm trying to say? The question yeah. is, should people wait it out until the market is going to tank and invest then? Or should they go and invest before that? Well, Taki, uh, this is, uh, what is today's date? We're on. So the 20, 27th, February. Okay. 2020. Uh, two days yeah. ago, the last two days, the market has dropped $1.7 trillion in the last two days because of the coronavirus, right? Mm -hmm. And another country, not here in the U.S., well, you know, hey, it's spreading, it's going to get everywhere. I mean, the production that that country puts off affects, you know, X, Y, and Z company. Everybody, the market yeah. has dropped in two days $1.7 trillion. And so at the fear that people have is so great that they're like, sell it, pull it, I need my money out, get out of the market now before it continues to drop, which, you know, overall plays to additional fear and additional dropping of that market where, man, if I'm in real estate, in the right real estate, I'm not, we're not in luxury uh we're not in extravagant spending we're like in you know 100 plus unit working class b and c neighborhoods sometimes we get a lucky and have a, have an a product that works but it's not a luxury a it's just a solid a newer building but man if uh that area of our of the us of housing like so many cities are in a housing crisis where the cost of building new construction is so high it's pushing the cost median income uh sorry the the median price of the house up and up and up beyond people's median incomes they can't afford like a single family three bedroom two house anymore and they've got to like live somewhere so i'm i think we are in the multifamily syndication spot we're like in a prime location prime spot to have just a very stable secure asset and then we are really helping uh, you know, secure housing for generations to come when you think about it. And so it's like, I know that people have fear about the market. I mean, be, man, you can't do anything about that. There's no control. You can have rumor, uh, fear that causes this drop. That's our, that's going to happen. And yeah. you know, the, all you can do is say, Hey, in a, in a real estate product like ours, where scalability is there, the affordability is there, you underwrite it right, you look at the comps, you look at the data, you can logically break down, you know, if I force the appreciation up by X amount, my market rents up is, is they're under market rents, but I know I'm gonna push them up to market by doing certain amount of improvements. I know my, uh, my customer base, the tenants, I know the amenities that they want or can afford I know the median income in the area. I can look at the data, look at the population, look at all the points and say, man, logically, 
should make sense. Uh, fear doesn't really grip that part <laughs> of the investment. If you put the dollar in and you've done your, 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 your background, your due diligence, your, your investigation correctly on this deal, you're like, man, that sh should work. It's not very complex. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's again, coming back, coming back to, you know, controlling the, the inches around you, you know, and uh, getting the, yeah. the mind straight, which involves, again, educating yourself about, like, is it risky, non-risky, like, coming across, like, multifamily, there's a lot of different asset classes, construction, multifamily, Airbnb, like, people buy hotels, yeah. land, and, you know, looking at, you can invest into REIT, which is, like, you're buying a stock, but, you know, there's different vehicles, but you have to educate, like, you know, yourself and, I think multifamily, you know, it's a time-proven investment. Definitely, it's it's not it's not volatile. I mean, it survived 2008. Depending, you know, like yeah. you're investing in a big project, so those projects, you know, most of the time they survive. Again, when we coming back to the location and demographics, like where is it? So maybe we can talk about your investment criteria currently and sure. projects that you're working on. Maybe you can tell people the states that you're working on. Uh, yeah. You know, what size are the deals, like the rents and like, how do you underwrite, like, how do you find and how do you close? Maybe that process a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, so right now we're in primarily two markets, Texas and New Mexico. Uh, I, I grew up in Corpus Christi, uh, Texas. It's, you know, two hours south of San Antonio. So it's a short drive away. Uh, I was there my first half of my life. I'm 40. I was there at, you know, age 18, graduated from high school there. So I know the market very well. Uh, and then I went to San, uh, moved to San Antonio, Texas. So I've been here the back half of my life, know the market pretty well. So like I typically, at least to this point, you know, my threshold for fear or worry or anxiety in, in real estate investment has been only invest in what you know, because it reduces that, that fear or risk for me, right? So I'm like, man, 800 of those doors are in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, 800. It's a great market. Single family and the, and so I, we have nine single family houses today. I'm trying to sell them slowly off at the right time. Yeah. And then uh, 800 of the doors are multifamily. So we have, you know, 128 unit apartment complex. It's a, it's a C property in a B neighborhood. We have a 282 uh, unit deal. That's pretty much like a B in a B neighborhood. Uh, we have a 268 unit deal that's an A pro well, it's a mix. It's 1980s uh, B with a developer that developed a brand new 100 and whatever unit. So it's a mixed match of yeah. old 80 and then 100 new. So 268 total of A. So we call it an A. It's pretty much there. And then um, investing in uh, oh, 128 units that's kind of the, the uh, 124 in in a secondary market to or sub market to San Antonio it's called Seguin and it's also a C property and probably a C or B neighborhood so we like that because there's a value add <clears throat> component mm -hmm. uh, in a C or a B property we know that if we look at the comps so you said what are some of the things that you look for there's a criteria right mm -hmm. is <clears throat> can I buy this at a, at a, a price per door <clears throat> that's low enough so where my investors that come in can make about two times their money in about a five to six year period. <clears throat> so that's kind of like the most important basic thing, right? Is can we afford to raise capital for it and pay our investors 2X their money? 
So if we know we can do that, okay, great. The surprise corridor works. Now, what's our model to increase that, uh, appreciate the value or force the appreciation that? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we start to look at the, the comps and then in the area, in the neighborhood, uh, what are they renting for? What are the amenities they have? What is the age of the property? Um, you know, who's the property manager and how are they doing? It, uh, is the expenses high or, you know, wh where are we at? And then we just put together a solid business plan that says, yeah, we can raise the rents or reduce expenses or a little bit of both in X period of year. What's a cap rate? Cap rate in our area is like six, six and a half, maybe a little bit uh, more compressed for an A property or downtown San Antonio property, <clears throat> but it's pretty predictable. And then in San Antonio, Texas, very predictable. Um, in Corpus Christi, where I'm from, it's, you know, there's uh, a lot of predictability in uh, job, employment, San Antonio, the same job, employment. If you have a predictable um, <clears throat> source of job, source of employment, then you've got a predictable population growth. And then if your supply in housing is low, but population keeps increasing, then man, when your supply goes down and demand goes up, the prices are gonna follow. So that's what you're looking for, or that, that's what I know is in my backyard. So I kind of got lucky, that's, that's where I live here. Texas is a great market, right? And then, um, we're in, and then we're in New Mexico, uh, we're doing a deal, the ground up the development, the reason we're doing a deal there is because population growth increases, the demand for the product is high, they have very little multifamily uh, buildings in the area, multifamily apartment complexes. So we know there's a shortage of housing. So it's like a perfect market for us to say, yeah, let's break ground. Got a good piece of property at a low price. Uh, the market needs it. It'll get, you know, the, the, the property should get, you know, filled up very quickly. So we're like, okay, those are the markets. That's how we're looking at it. And uh, you know, hopefully that, does that help a little bit? Yeah, 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 of course, because I just want the audience to understand like the, the markets that you're, you know, investing in and what will be on average, the, the, like rent wise, like how, how, much, how much is the rent, like, let's say on, on, on a last on a last deal that you acquired, like well, uh, on average, well, how much do you charge for rent? Yeah, and these I'll, are like, and I'll tell you why I ask you that $800, question. $800, you know, one bedroom units to okay. $1,100, $1, two bedroom units. Um, even the, the new build or new construction we're doing is not a luxury, but it's an A, it's a new product that we're, we're trying to make it feel like a luxury, but we're still underwrote it at like, you know, I think a dollar, you know, $10, 20 square foot. It's like pretty, pretty, uh, affordable, uh, when you look at the overall marketplace yeah. and, uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of bounce those numbers off of like median income, um, in the neighborhood or in the area. You know, if my median income is $50,000, well, people have a certain percentage allocated to their housing. Is there enough discretionary spend above and beyond that, that they can actually afford this, still have a nice car, still have a nice, you know, way of living. And then, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, in the neighborhood, what's around there. And you're like, okay, you put together a pretty decent plan and, you know, and, uh, you know, trying to figure out how we, how we win. Yeah, and what will be the ideal unit mix when you're looking for the property? What what type of units are you looking for? Uh, I think the market is really going to depend. Uh, the market drives that for the most part. Um, like, it, so a lot of these questions, all great questions, 
all these questions are like the questions that I turn around and ask our property manager. <laughs> hey, yeah. well, what, what's the unit mix that's going to work best here? What do you yeah. think we can charge for this? What amenities do you think we can need? So here, here's, a, here's a paradigm shift, I think, for, for passive investors, right? Um, I want to know enough information that I feel comfortable moving forward. Mm. As a passive investor, before I give my hard-earned money, that's what I want to know. As an active participant or general partner or somebody in the deal that's evaluating, doing the analysis, underwriting, the excels, the, you know, everything, right? So I am not an expert in what this little sub-market is and how many rents are there. I can look at CoStar reports and I can look at the data and I can try to make, you know, extrapolate the best decision, but... I know the experts in that area, the property manager that I'm interviewing and hiring, I want to know that they know way better than I do. This mm -hmm. is what they do for a living. They're yep. an expert. They're a pro. You tell me, man, I'm, I'm evaluating hiring you and paying you a percentage of this deal. So, I mean, you tell me what's going to work in this, what unit mix, what, you know, price per square foot, what amenities, what do I, do I need to do flooring? Do I need to do new fixtures? Can it support granite countertops? I mean, what is it that I need to do and what's that going to do for my rents? So as, a, as an active partner, now I've got another paradigm uh, switch that says, I don't need, need to, to know. know it all. I just need to make sure I have the right experts and pros on my team. Exactly. There's so many things to know. Like, I'm not going to know this stuff. Well. Yeah. I have two yeah. years of education. Great, great. Versus somebody who's been doing this for 30 years in the space. Man, I want you on my team. <laughs> how can, how can you help me? And that's that's what I think is is enabled. Def definitely, yeah. definitely agree. And the like simple reason why I'm asking for first of all is the the price and the unit mix is just because you know I'm just curious to find out because again um, most of the time like when you're looking from a passive and that's very like looking from a passive standpoint as well because what's going to happen when markets is going to shift because there's a lot of like high net worth you know like not high net worth people who are earning a lot of money and there's like medical industries is a big part of texas as well there's a lot of hospitals like cancer yeah, research like like texas is, is that so it, it, so oil i don't know how is it going on with oil currently but uh you yeah. know all these people that renting now for two and a half, three thousand per month, in a downturn, they're gonna start moving towards well, one, one, like thousand five hundred, maybe thousand. They're gonna start saving yeah. a bunch of money. So that's why, from like passive like standpoint, maybe if you're investing in an A class brand new apartment that charge like three or three and a half k per per month, maybe that's I not the care. deals that you want to be because the occupancy is gonna drop once you know the downturn. Like nobody has the crystal ball. Nobody knows when it's gonna happen. But like, if you're investing for, you know, as the exit strategy you mentioned, like four years or three years, like yeah. maybe, maybe that's going to be the case. So, you, you know, there's a lot of variables. That's what I'm saying. Like for people, like even myself who would look like from a passive standpoint, I will think like, is it the A class? Like how much is the rents? Like how big is the units? Because if it's like only one bedroom, who's going to be living in the one bedroom? Is one guy, maybe a student, like, you know, and yeah. so. Yeah. And what market are you in? Yep. Yeah. And are you near a hospital there with a lot of, you know, a bunch of interns and near a, you know, I don't know, a, a, one of our deals is hospital area near, uh, you know, this area that has a high demand for, for one bedroom units. They're like, okay, that's an area high demand. 
And then there's another one that's like, hey, two or three bedrooms. So you're like, okay, do you have enough of both? And that property mix, so everything you're saying is on point. Like, you know, if I was I don't think I'm in right a luxury $3,000 apartment complex and there's market downturn, I'm going to try to cut some expenses somewhere. So if I can go but, find a, another apartment for two grand, you know, and still live my luxury stuff, I'm worried about my $3,000 rents. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be everybody, but some part definitely going to move out. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Like the world is going to end. People, people are scared more about, you know, coronavirus than, than the upcoming crisis, I think. Yeah. So, you know, can you talk about, you know, from passive standpoint, I would love to hear some benefits. So maybe you can explain to people who are brand new watching, you know, and just looking to invest from a passive standpoint. Maybe you can, you can tell a few benefits or more like of why you should go and invest from passive rather than active or versus stocks. And, you know, just explain that, please. Yeah. Well, uh, my, my full circle goal in being an active partner today is still so I can be a, a passive <laughs> limited partner at the end. So I think I can, you know, I think I could share a few things. So passive investor, I mean, you're, you're a K one business owner and you're a part owner in the deal. So, what that means is you're, you have benefits of all of the losses uh, in a, uh, like the tax benefits or the, the, the benefits of having uh, depreciation of the building work for your favor. Um, one of the great things about multifamily 100 plus units is that when you do what's called a cost segregation study, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, you know, expert engineer that goes, looks at the building and there's depreciation, even your single family house, your CPA, um, all the CPAs are probably do 27 and a half years of depreciation. I think that's the number. And then they take one twenty-seventh of that depreciation every year you own it. Well, in a multifamily, uh, commercial building, you know, they give uh, the government is they, they give an incentive for business owners like us to own these buildings because we're providing a good quality uh, housing uh, product to the market, which is in need. So they let us take accelerated depreciation. And even this year, I think until 2022 or 23, I forget which year, but they even give you bonus depreciation. And so what that means is if you're depreciating this building over 27 and a half years, instead of only taking 127th, like in single family and having that deduction, they let you take a bigger chunk of that depreciation. If 27 and a half years, maybe they'll let you do, you know, I don't know the exact numbers. You got to talk to an expert. I'm not a CPA guy, right? But like 27% year one, 27% year two, 27% year three, and then bonus depreciation in the first year. So if somebody is a high W2 earner, they're making a good grip of cash at their W2 job. Uh, you know, if I invested 50K in a deal with the right deal, you may have, you know, 10, 15K of tax deduction year one, 10, 15K of tax deduction year two, 10, 15K, you know, tax deduction year three and so on. And it's like, man, that was, uh, that was money we weren't expecting. So I think that's one of the biggest, that's how I found multifamily first uh, was my CPA goes, dude, you need to buy more real estate. You're paying 50K in taxes every year. And I go, I am, I I got like five, six houses. What do you want me to do? And my buddy was the one that ended up telling me, oh, you know what? In multifamily, we do cost segregation studies and accelerate the depreciation. So that's one of the biggest, you know, areas that when I looked at my taxes, I was like, oh, that's how the wealthy do it. Yeah. Uh, really wealthy real estate owner. You know, look at that, that uh, our leader, Trump, right? <laughs> Love him or hate him, whatever. 
you know, when, when they say, well, how do you pay no taxes? Well, shoot, I know how he pays no taxes. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's people insane. hate him because they don't know. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, you, you make a lot of money in one year. If you go build something else in a second year, you got a lot of loss and that yeah. loss takes over your profit. And it was like, Oh, I didn't pay any taxes. So, <laughs> you know, oversimplified, right. I'm, I'm a pretty layman type of guy, but that's a big benefit. Another benefit is man, being passive. You can hang with your, your W I did a, I had a full-time W2 job, very demanding. I was a senior director uh, for partnerships, senior director for, um, you know, sales. I had like, you know, my largest team in, in the IT world was like 60 salespeople, five or six managers under me, a lot, lot of stuff going on. But if you're invested passively, you can hold down your W2 job and invest passively in that. So it's like, well, I can make my good money at my profession. Maybe something you've taken 10 years already. You already have your thousand hours of expertise here, but invest it passively with somebody else with their thousand hours of expertise. And you're, you're leveraging their like other people's time, you're leveraging their expertise and their knowledge and you're using your money, but leveraging them. And then I was like, okay, well that's going to earn. And then also um, if you have any dream of being an active partner later, then people want to invest with somebody with a track record. The yep. brokers want to know that you have a track record. <clears throat> Everybody that works with you want to know you have a track record. And this, that's one of the best ways to get a track record is, you know, borrow someone else's. I borrowed my, you know, my partners and mentors, you know, up until now. It's like, hey, man. So all of those things are, are uh, just some of the benefits. Some, some, yeah. Not to mention a lot more. I mean, there, there is different return than the stock market. Yeah. Yeah. IRA never doubled, you know, without me feeding it. Neither did my 401k. I'm yeah. like, dude. So there's, there's so many reasons, right? It is an answer. It is an answer to a lot of, you know, questions that people ask when it comes to the money. Definitely real estate, particularly multifamily is an answer. So, you know, you can go and explore these type of things. Of course, I'm going to include some stuff to, to, to you, you know, directed to you and to your company before we're going to wrap up a little bit later. Uh, yep. So they can go in contact with you and maybe you can explain more into detail. You know, but maybe before that, you can tell people, again, if there's any risks, you know, associated with, with investing, you know, passively as sure. well. Absolutely. Uh, man, any investment that you put your money into, the reason there's a potential, potential for reward is because there's risk, right? right? So, you know, every investment, if someone tells you otherwise, you know, it's, it's, just, it's not the truth, right? So I think that's the risk is like, well you know, the, the syndicator, the operator, the teams running it, the property managers, um, you know, the market itself, uh, population growth job, is it a one, you know, one employer town or is there various sources of employment? Um, is there more housing being built? You know, is the demand uh, not, you know, uh, is not driving the supply? Uh, if there's oversupplied houses, sorry, that's what I'm kind of like. Too much supply, not enough demand, it's going to hurt. And then, you know, all those things are like, those are real risk, right? Can the team pull off what they said they're going to do? They got a plan for their million dollars that they raised. You know, we need $2 million for the down payment, an extra million dollars to improve the, the, uh, the building, improve the property, uh, make sure the units are, are each individually taken care of so you can improve the rents. All of those things are real risk, I think, to passive investing. Uh, legal documents, you know, the private placement memorandum. Did my attorney do it the right way? You know, all, all of those things. 
And I think the, those are all factors in every single deal we look at. But when you look at them, you know, logically, individually on their own thing, or that's what you're really trying to weigh out your job as a passive investor, your due diligence is look at the market. You can look at citydata.com. You can talk to a, a property manager or co-star. Normally, if you tell them, hey, I'm thinking about investing in property, you may be able to get some data. Um, you can call the city's economic development committee or corporation, EDC. If the city doesn't have one of those, it may be a good reason, a good, a good telltale sign, and eh, maybe I shouldn't invest here. But all those data sources will tell you if your worries or fears or risk are real or not. And their economic development tell, uh, corporation tells you, hey man, there's X amount of jobs coming in, more population growth. Uh, we're expecting and forecasting to go up. We've got a city plan that shows here's where the growth is. And the, the EDCs of this, each city that you're investing in, they'll have that information and, be, and they already do all the work for you. And you know it's unbiased, factual, real, real data. Numbers so, apply. They do the same, right? Yep. They're like, okay, cool. It eliminates my fear or worry. Well, what about the building? Do I believe in the plan? Well, ask your operator for the, they, they should have pulled their co reports or the property manager should pull their co reports. It may not be part of the investment summary or the investment package. They may show you one slide on the comps, but I mean, ask your operators, can, can you show me the co report so you can look at the data yourself, right? Um, and see what are the comps in the area? How much are they charging? What's my business plan going up on this one? So it eliminates your fear and worries about the building. Uh, if you're local to the market, man, go ask your, your operator if you can go walk the property with them. If you're not local to the market, do you know anybody in the city? You know, there's a, a lot of things you could do there. Um, and then the lastly is like, what's the track record, you know, of the people running the deal? You know, if you feel comfortable, confident, you know them, you trust them, you've seen their, you know, the, their operations to date, you know, um, I, I was new at one point. I had no track record. So when people ask me, what about you? Have you done a deal yourself? Well, the truth was, no, I hadn't. But I was borrowing or I was using someone else's track record for the resume thing. But really, it was like, no, no, no. He's doing the work. He's the guy that's got a bunch of doors. And I would highly, I would not recommend a new operator trying to go buy this building on their own without having any experience. You, the, the deal's so big, the pie is big enough. Give somebody a piece of your pie, an expert, and have them help you so you can learn along with them. And yeah. so as a passive investor, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Those are my risks. And can I, do I at least have the data to overcome that risk and say, yeah, I'm going to move forward. It's a good deal. Exactly. Because, you know, I think Warren Buffett said, you know, that risks, risk is coming from like what you don't know. Like you, when you don't know what you're doing, that's where the risk comes from. Correct. So that's again, coming back to, you know, educating yourself and just getting the right information because I mean, as I mentioned, numbers don't lie, but sometimes they do like, because when it's come, coming back to the performers, like, you know, do, are you looking at the performer? Are you looking to, cause you know, like which way does the company underwrite? Are they very like, is it the worst case scenario? Are they expecting the best things is going to happen? You know, so you have to do a lot of vetting and, you know, uh, due diligence your own personally before you, you 
pull this 50k or whatever take the money from your yeah. you know ira and direct some money you know towards some people that you maybe you know met a few few times so yeah. you know these things happen but you just have to pay attention yourself and just do your own due diligence because again if you're a business owner i mean you should be smart enough to do this type of things so coming back to you know personal education because you mentioned you know books mentorships all of that was a big part of of your business helping you to scale the business until you know this level currently and still growing still going so maybe you can explain to people the importance of having you know a mentor in the business when they're starting out because you know everybody's just listening like you're talking passive and nesting only so this is for you guys mentorships yeah. can you talk about uh, that? yeah absolutely so uh at the at the highest level um if you are not planning on running your deal today and you're not going to go do it so much information on these podcasts the time, effort, and energy that you're taking uh, to go put this information out there, and it's free. So take take the time, go go look at the highest you know reviewed podcast for multifamily. You know, there's a bunch of them. Take some time and and learn. You know, it's free. You know, so that's that's the, one of the best areas. We're at an amazing point in time. 10, 15 years ago, you you know you're not going to find any podcast on this subject, and you would have to pay the money. So take advantage of what's free. <laughs> and then secondly, um, you know, you want to do some due diligence the same way on the mentors or coaches or education programs before you just jump in and spend, you know, some of these packages, like the first one I paid was 20 grand. Next one was like 15 grand. Next one's 15 grand, six grand, whatever. So um, the first one that I bought was uh, because my sister drug me along and I'm like, yeah, you know, I was ready. It was like, it was like 90% single family. And I go, Oh, I, I didn't, re <laughs> I didn't realize until I'm after the program. Right. So anyways, uh, that was, that was fun. So I would say due diligence on the education. What do they do? How do they do it? What's their expertise? Yeah. You know, are the people coaching actually doing deals? Uh, one of the valuable spots that I like uh, with my current team is like they, are mentors and coaches, but they will also get active in the deal. And you can, you, you know, use the team, the network as key principals, as capital raiser, as, you know, somebody who has a little bit of boots on the ground in that area, whatever deficiency, whatever uh, expertise you lack, you can go partner with somebody. And, and this is not just mentoring or coaching program. This is just anywhere multifamily syndication right mm -hmm. but if you have a if you have a mentor that says hey man i'll i'll help you do the deal and i'll go along with you i think that goes a long way um so um you know i would say that that's probably don't be afraid to spend money for a good mentor after you've done due diligence yeah <laughs> but but yeah <laughs> yeah after you know this is the right person individual team coach program education and, and I'll break that down in a minute. But once you know, it's like, man, don't be afraid to spend the money. Uh, it took me 10, 10 years to get eight doors. It took me two to go from eight to 800 and developing 150 from the ground up. And the reason that two years happened so quickly was because of education, mentor, coaching, you know, before I tried to do it on my own. That's you know, big. The yeah. best way. Big, and yeah. compared to the circle of people that I knew, at my day job, I did know how to do it. I was the only one who was doing that, you know, in my area or, you know, in my close circle of friends, no one else had eight houses. 
and it felt so good. You was like, oh, I'm I'm a Donald Trump. You're the man. I was like, yeah, I'm the man, right? And then I realized, (laughs) oh shoot, there's way more that I have no idea how. Yeah, this is how they're doing. And then with education, I mean, it lights up. So I've done um, I've done conferences for the weekend. You know, I in two years I've probably traveled to at least you know 15 cities. Uh, a lot of plane trips, a lot of hotels. Yeah. Uh, I've done video courses. I've done coursework. I have read books. Um, I've done, you know, a lot of the hands-on, you know, I've, I've bought people's, you know, video walkthrough on Excel on how to do underwriting. You kind of do that. You know, I've read the, the lifetime cash flow, you know, real estate investing. I've listened to the podcast. Uh, you know, you, you can log all this stuff and say, Hey man, easily to, 240 hours, not including podcasts. I don't even know. I don't even know how to track podcasts, but, um, you know, individual mentor, uh, coaches that I pay that I'm, I meet with, uh, two individuals on a, or sorry, one individual. That's my personal coach. Um, he helps me weekly, uh, every, every yeah. Thursday, three o'clock. I mean, you want to drop these names? Uh, yeah. I don't, um, Marcus Ogden. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's, a uh, former NFL football player. He wrote this book awesome. called The Success Cycle. It's a really good one. Uh, so he's, you know, he's my personal coach. Uh, I work with apartment educators uh, with Devin Elder. He's kind of the main uh, syndicator uh, and expert in my area in San Antonio. Uh, we knew each other from Rackspace where we used to work in the IT sales job. So he's helping me do that now. He launched an education program after all the years of having success and people like me asking him because he was the guy I asked, can you help me? And he said, well, if you invest, you know, you could be an owner. Now he has an education program. So I took his education program and courses. Uh, and actually now I'm a coach uh, with him at apartment educator. So like I coach now and it's like being a math tutor, you know, I, I know how to do calculus a lot better now because I'm coaching people through the process. So I, I soak it up, you know, as I'm coaching. And then uh, I I did Elite Legacy, which is kind of the single family kind of side. I went to Dallas, a Dallas group. Uh, I've been to Rod Cleef's event. Uh, I've been a couple times. Uh, I've been REI Black Book, which is a software that I use. They actually asked me to be a keynote speaker uh, for them in March. So I'm going to you know speak on their stage and kind awesome. of do that. And so and I joined a mastermind, uh, Kingdom Capitalist Mastermind. Oh, is is that um, um, Hammond? Hammond? Ellis Hammond. Yeah, I I got him on the show previously before. Yeah, he's a Christian real estate syndication. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's like I I have paid a lot of money, but man, what I paid, I probably paid double the amount, triple now, knowing that it's going to help me, you know, propel me through the future, and now. You know, we got a, we got a few deals cooking that uh, are not, you know, they're not launched today, but in two or three months, I'm like, well, it's going to be a nice, you know, portfolio, additional portfolio that we're adding to uh, to our track record. So it'll be fun. That is very good. I, I love that. And people can sense that you, you're kind of obsessed, like with self-education and oh, what yeah. I mean, obsessed in a good way, because you, you cannot get more obsessed in a bad way when it comes to self, self-development. The, the more, the better. But again, you didn't miss the step, as I mentioned before, of taking action, you know, because mm-hmm. that's the step that most people miss. 
So it's even, it, it doesn't matter from what point, active point, passive point, because again, from 27%, there's only 3% of people that invest passively. So that means these people got enough education, but they didn't pull the trigger. So you, you're, you're one of those people. And, you know, from an active standpoint, I think it's even, the, the number is, is lesser. There's probably only yeah, half yeah, a percent yeah. of people. Yeah, I would probably agree with you. Yeah. So, so, so you're, you're, you're in the big leagues, you know, like having all these units on the management. This, <laughs> yeah. No, really, it's, it's crazy. Man. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't put too much uh, air in my head. I need to stay humble. And uh, yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. No worries. No worries. <laughs> I so, appreciate that, man. So uh, maybe, again, coming back to self-education, you read all these books and, again, people listening, like mentorship, man, it's a good thing to have, but, like, I'm going to go Google and all I see all these six-figure, five-figure, like, I don't have the capital reserves for now, maybe to spend this type of money. Maybe I'm just, you know, kind of yeah. looking soft entry points, podcasts, some free stuff, but maybe I can scrape a few bucks to go and grab me some few books from Amazon. So what will be a top three business or personal development books for people to go and read? So before I give you the list of books, that's why I start with podcasts are free, man. So just, you don't, you don't need 50,000, $60,000. There's so much podcast information. It's yeah. unbelievable. unbelievable. Right from, but from the books, there's a few that have, you know, for my career, not just investment, investing in, in multifamily yeah. uh, commercial syndication, all that stuff. I, I would say some of the changers in my life, Del Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People is sure. at the core of like who I am in the professional world since I was like, I first read it when I was 20, right? Or 19. It's just, you know, you Dale Carnegie is, is an amazing uh, leader and not just tactics, but at the core, like you have to have a desire to help other people and a sincere desire. And then he gives you tactics around doing so and your leadership management, uh, business uh, partnerships, operation, anything having to do with people, which is everything, yeah. you know, is, is just a really good one. Uh, I really love Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Oh, yeah. uh, man, just at the core, that's like, that, that's a big one for your paradigm has to be right. If your yeah. paradigm's right, it's so much easier to move forward, take action and those types of things. Um, I, you know, I, I read the Bible a lot. So, uh, or try to as much as possible, you know, and all, all this, you know, self-development, self-improvement, um, I read a ton of it, you know, I've had, I've read a ton of it for years, but it all good wisdom comes from the Bible already. Yeah. So it's like, man, if you bless some Proverbs or some signs. I had my business partners told me before, they're like, man, you should read Bible. There's a lot of good business lessons are in that group, yeah. man. So I was like, if you, go and, if you Google like uh, a yeah. Bible lesson on money, Bible lesson on saving Bible lesson on, but what does the Bible say about investment? Dude, you're going to, you're going to see like some really good knowledge. So yeah, yeah. whether you're, you know, uh, you believe, you know, I, you, you can get a lot of great knowledge and obviously I'm a believer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, you, you, you're a non-believer. No, I am a, a believer. I'm, yeah because of the why, why would you read the book but you know i just yeah. want to like i you know that's one of the topics that people don't like to discuss like for me it's a, like i don't mind ta talking money religion sex finance like yeah, how yeah. are you gonna know maybe, how maybe, do you know man like it's not the place maybe to talk about some of the stuff here on this podcast you know but 
like religion is just one this good lesson and my wife is not from far from here so she, she heard this hundred times but basically the lesson the guy gave me he was like look if there's two people one is a believer and what the second one is non-believer so he said and there is a goal in front of them so he said both of these people are going to reach the goal but the believer will do it faster so that, that, that's what it does man the power of belief you know like if you believe in in something it doesn't have to be the god the jesus like Allah, like, i don't know what you believe like not you but the, the people who are watching yeah. you have to like, believe in yourself man you yeah. know just just go out there and, and make some good decisions you know educate yourself so coming back to the goals reaching goals funny, faster, uh, and, i'm sorry i'm sorry Idra. i was like fu funny that you said a lot of my man the ability to move forward is the faith that no matter what, succeed, fail, not like my identity is already, you know, stronghold. I'm a Christian regardless and nothing's going to take that away from me. So lose my job if I don't do as well as, you know, it's like, it's all, it's all secondary, you know, to me anyways. And that faith, like you're saying, yeah. the believer in or somebody that has faith and hope, man, they're going to like keep moving forward because it's like, oh, I had a slip and a fall. Just keep moving forward. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like, it's, those are people, most of the time, I notice those people are very strong because they have this, the willpower, as you know, in a human being, when he's driven, when he has a big enough purpose like yourself, like your family's backing you. I mean, there's nothing in front of them. They just go and they just, they're insane. So I love these type of people, you know. Yeah. So coming back to your personal goals, going fast, maybe you can share some of those you know, personal business goals for this year? Because, I mean, we just started this year, so maybe we can share a few. Yeah. Uh, I have three big ones uh, that I'm, I'm driving for. And I have a uh, – to, to, to have a lion's share portion of a deal, because you can go as a, as a small partner on a big deal, which is great, but I want to try to have the one lion's share deal where I'm kind of the, you know, the primary individual – um, running the deal here in San Antonio. Uh, I have a second. So I'm, we're finished. We're wrapping up closing. Uh, if you want to call it, I guess we're in the final steps of closing our first new development and then starting breaking ground and all that stuff will be, you know, in the next month or so. Mm -hmm. Following that, we want to have a second new development piece of land uh, under contract where we have all the plans for you know, everything approval for the city on the second deal uh, for the year. So probably another 100, 150 units in New Mexico. So that's the second big goal. And then the third big goal, I have a, uh, also have a successful single family uh, like business on the single family side. I told you I spent 20 grand on that free on education for single family without knowing you a single family. So like I have that education and I'm putting it to work. I have a few employees on that side and they do, we do about two to three single family transactions a month. So I'm trying to gross about 180 K for the year on that piece also. That's very good. That's very good. So, so, so when I leave that on as well at the moment, yeah, it's, I mean, timing is good, you know, for that. I mean, the money is there and you're in a position to able to do that. So, but you, the biggest focus, like for the future, what is it going to be? You're going to buy more kind of a B-class multifamily properties. You're going to do construction or you're going to go single family. Which direction do you think you're going to follow? Or are you just going to be just diversified a little bit in all of these different assets? The, the only reason we're doing single families is because I have some employees that are able to, to pick it up and do it on their own. So yes. I have very little like mindset or thought or process like they're running it and I give them 
a good portion of the profits. Like you go, you go run it. So it's, it's a passive model for me. And then I'm helping uh, some really solid team members build up the ability to invest. They want to be at, they want to do deals in multifamily too. They just don't have 50, 50 K to invest. So I'm like, man, this is a great way to go build your active capital. Yep. And then we, as you, as you, as time goes by, you'll have the knowledge and then you can convert it. So that's the only reason we're doing single family. It's not really a focus for me. It's just a, one yeah. of the goals that I want to help them get there. Uh, for me, it's, yeah, it's a hundred plus unit B or C apartment complexes that we can syndicate, raise capital, you know, trying to double investors money in that five-year period. Uh, and then one new development deal, which would be their second, uh, breaking ground on the second uh, new development deal. So that's kind of, uh, you know, that's the, the biggest focus areas. San Antonio, Texas, maybe Corpus Christi, Texas, like Texas, Texas, because I'm here. And then New Mexico, because I have a solid team there. They've yeah. been in the market for years. They know it. Um, you know, my, my partner, Mill and Damien, they're just ones that built, they're both certified builders, that kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, we're, I'm helping them kind of, you know, push, push the ball forward, helping them do it, raise the capital, put the deals together too on this side and great team over there as well. So. Awesome, man. I, I love Dallas. I never been to Dallas, never been to States except the flag that I have hanging here. But you know, like when people ask me what the f flag is for, I tell them, you know, it's for, it represents me the freedom and opportunity. And that's what the States has, you know, like, and like Texas, great country. I just want to come in there maybe for, for the ribs. Just get me some ribs or something. You know, it's a great market, again, to be Texas investing in actively, passively. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that is awesome. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, definitely great, great market. So, uh, again, you're established in the space, doing super well. Again, having, you know, 400. So, where is it? 402 and 465. So, 467 units currently. Uh, with a partner, so and oh yeah, 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 six doors on ground up, so doing phenomenal well. So again, you know, for the future deals, again, before we wrap up, maybe you can tell people social media platforms, the ones that people can get, you know, engage with you and ask you a bunch of questions. What those would be? Go to um, probably my website. Easiest way, uh, fill out, uh, you know, your name, phone number, just a little bit of information. You yep. can put your goals on five, my, my company is five talents wealth, but go to 5tcre.com, 5tcre.com. Link is down below. Invest, uh, uh, forward slash invest. You'll, you'll see the landing page. You can put a little bit of your goals. Um, I have a, uh, and a great assistant. She'll help us schedule some time. We can talk, awesome. uh, just discuss your goals and whether you want to be a partner an investor, a limited partner, uh, or active, you know, you put your goals there. And then uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. You can always email me, abel, A-B-E-L, at 5tcre.com. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Of course, as always, guys, so you can find, I mean, you're smart people, so you know there's already a bunch of links hiding in the description. So you can go and, and, and find all of these and click one of them and, and get in contact with Abel. You know, really appreciate the time, man. It's just the knowledge, the enthusiasm, the drive that you have in yourself is, okay. is insane. I love that. You know, you have a, a big why, as you mentioned, to do these things and accomplish these things. And I'm sure you, this year, 
what you mentioned with the goals, I'm sure you're going to go, you're going to hit them on time and go beyond that. So I'm pretty sure with the knowledge and, and everything that you have in, in, in yourself with the personal development, man, it's crazy. I love it. Big fan, big fan. So again, Thank guys, you. as always, get in contact with Abel about the passive active investing. Just ask a bunch of questions, you know, for him. Uh, and if you enjoy the show, as always, click the like, subscribe to the channel, and I'm going to see you on the next episode. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Great talking to you.